Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What's Your Jersey? I'm your host, Jacqueline Marfuji, the ultimate Jersey girl, but like still lives in California, Jersey girl. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I've had such a good time with you guys on the past few episodes. Please keep rating and commenting and reviewing. I really, really appreciate it. You guys are the best meatballs ever. Um, speaking of meatballs, uh-huh. <laughs> guys, my guest this week used to host a comedy show with me called Holy Cannoli Comedy, where she made amazing meatballs for all our guests. Um, she is the ultimate host of the Elite Daily Show. She also, the only sports-related thing I know about you is you did a sketch with um, Gronkowski. I, not, I interviewed Gronkowski. You interviewed. Yes, who plays football. 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 He plays football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a sports jersey yeah. thing for her. Mm-hmm. She's been featured on VH1 on Nicole Richie's Candidly Nicole. Yes, I played her tall best friend. She played her tall best friend, which was quite a stretch she's a hopeless romantic she calls herself the taylor swift of comedy i think you're more of the carrie bradshaw of comedy Ooh, i like that i know i, I think like that's that. just your thing she's yeah. an amazing cook and her jersey is westport connecticut give it up for the hilarious gabriella marie conti maria, maria. maria. gabby Hi. conti everyone well it was so hard to come to this podcast you know because it was just so far just to walk out of my bedroom into the <laughs> living room because we're roommates guys (laughs) we're roommates we're just like monica and rachel we are we're like the monica and rachel of los angeles yes um actually living in what they would have lived in yeah right Uh, absolutely like yeah I we're the Hollywood friends. We're the Hollywood friends. We don't have a we don't have um, a Chandler or a Joey or a Phoebe. We don't like anyone that lives no, in our building. No, we don't like anyone. That lives in our <laughs> I went on a date with someone that lived in our building, and that was awkward. Was that awkward? So awkward. Because, I did too, actually. Oh yeah, you did. But like, it was like first of all, it wasn't even a date that I'm like I'm so I go on dates. I used to go on dates. Used to. Taken men. Sorry, Gabby's in a relationship. I'm, she has a boyfriend. I have a boyfriend. <laughs> and we call each other boyfriend and girlfriend, and like he doesn't get scared when I call him my boyfriend. It's, I, like, it's like not just Gabby calling him her like, boyfriend. Like he also calls me his girlfriend. It's like so weird. This I, like, is, we'll get into that we'll later. Into later. She's but, writing a book about it. Well, anyway. no, not about the relationship. Not about I'm the relationship. A book about pre this relationship. Yeah. But anyway, um, I used to like be like a weird dater where I would just like go on dates for the experience, and I would like, and I'd be like, if it works out, it works out. If not, like, what a great story. And so I was on. I think it, I want to say it was either. It might have been Coffee Meets Bagel, which I feel like was, like, the rapiest of the dating apps. It was just, like, way too intense. What's the deal with Coffee Meets Bagel? I've never heard of it. Coffee Meets Bagel was that you would only get, like, a certain amount of matches a day that would be, like, catered to you or something like that. And the guys on it were, like, looking for a wife. Really? And it, But it wasn't... Like, somehow when you meet a guy on a dating app that's, like, that thirsty, it's so not attractive, no matter how good-looking they are. It's a boner killer. Right, because you're like, oh my god, what's wrong with you? Yeah, or a lady park killer. Yeah. <laughs> and so I met on two coffee meets bagel day. One was another guy who, same thing, was, like, too much. And then this guy, who I recognized from, like, the elevator, because he lives in our building, and I was like, oh my god, how funny would that be to date a guy who lives in our building? And I was like, let's just do it. And so I go on the date, and here was the awkward thing, is, like, we met in the lobby 
And then I also thought he would like pick a bar. We like live walking distance, like so many bars. I thought he'd pick a bar walking distance. He picked Evelyn. We got into an Uber together and then went to Evelyn. The date did not was he kept on doing the same joke over and over again. What like, was the joke? It was something I can't even Oh, he was like in text, like when we were chatting. He was making a joke about our laundry machines and how and our laundry machines have a cutoff at like eleven, like like there's like hours. To and no one listens. La- no to one that. listens. No. To- <laughs> so he was like making a joke about that, and then he like just kept talking about like how oh, I'm gonna break the curfew and go to my because I I had put my laundry load in that I was gonna. He's like, let's make sure you get get you back by eleven so you can get that laundry. And I was like, okay. And he just like kept saying it over and over again. Again, Lady Park killer. Right, and then the date was like not good, but then it sucked because. I can't just go my separate way because we live in the same apartment. And so he then took me back and well, first we wanted to walk from Evelie, which is like an, a mile plus. Which we love cardio. Yeah, but like on like when someone I'm trying to get rid of, like that's like the difference between a five minute Uber versus like a thirty minute walk. Yeah, that's a whole other like four right. different topics of right. conversation. And I was like, oh, I also offended him for something, but like whatever. But he was like still into it, and so like. Uh, so he drops me off, and then I thought he would just also go his own separate way. We got into the building, but he insisted on coming up with me to the laundry room to get my laundry, because I think in his head, like, laundry was, like, our thing, like, this, like, inside joke that he built about the laundry room, and he tried to kiss me in the laundry room, and I was like, I was like, no, I'm good, sorry, good night, and, like, went into the apartment, and then that was it, but now every time I see him, he, like, treats me like I'm his, like, it's, like, awkward for him, and I'm, like, his ex-girlfriend, and, like, I saw him once with another girl, and he was, like, kind of, like, looking at me, like, A, like, like, it was, like, how are you? Like, it was, like, <laughs> how are you? Like, I've clearly moved on. Like, have you moved You're on? You're, like, I'm good, bro. And I'm, like, and I told my current boyfriend about this, and I'm, like, I want him to run into him, so he just be, like, I still... I'm fine. <laughs> You're just gonna, like, make this out... This is my boyfriend. He lets me call him my boyfriend. And yeah, this guy in our building probably would have let you call him your boyfriend oh, like, too after the first date. Probably you did not like, want no. that. It's not. It was too much stage five, stage five clinger vibes. Like got really stage five clinger. I think it's really funny that laundry was your like shtick, and he tried to kiss you in the laundry room because he was this whole thing. Wait, no, wasn't the code word for Monica and Chandler's sex laundry oh. when Rachel like heard them on the Fuck. phone talking about doing laundry? Because I'm definitely I'm probably the Monica, right? You're probably you are you're type I'm, A. Baymore. Type Baymore. So I'm yeah. Monica, and like that would be my, uh, that was my channel. That was your thing. You are more, I would say like your fashion sense is more Rachel yeah. than mine. Mm-hmm. I'm a little more sportier in yeah. the Monica in sense. The Monica sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I have more of a Rachel haircut right now. Yes. Yes. One of our, uh, it, I didn't realize how apparent it was until a male comedian who probably doesn't know much about hairstyles commented yeah. on a picture from our Million Reasons video. I love your hair though. I think it's really good. <laughs> I'm a you. fan. I'm a fan. In my top knot sweaty bun right now. Yeah, no, it looks good. Thank you. Like Jacqueline has these like beautiful little like wisps, just like naturally coming out of her hair. (laughs) She has like her lashes look amazing. Um, it's because they're still on me from a shoot yesterday. It looks like you just put them on. That's it. Just it's athletic chic with fake lashes. I'm staying very on brand with my jersey self. Yes, you got it. (laughs) Lashes on point. Exactly. Uh, what I I feel like this is something that like would be a tagline for like a Jersey girl like yeah. sweated it out but keeping the lashes out too like that wasn't funny. Okay. Uh, what? Sweat out lashes on. <laughs> uh, what yeah. would what would your Real Housewife of New Jersey tagline be? You could think about it and answer later. We could okay. go back to it. Um, my last name 
sounds like what people call me behind my back. Because <laughs> it's cunt. Her, <laughs> her name is Conti. Oh, I love That's a great one. My last name is Conti. People mispronounce it behind my back. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Your dance, I wish you guys could have seen the hair flip that just happened. I did, I recently went out to dinner with um, one of my previous podcast guests, one of our best friends, Annabelle DeSisto, for her, one of her... Happy birthday month, Annabelle, (laughs) first of all. Sorry I couldn't attend any of the 12 parties. (laughs) Annabelle had a few birthday parties. They were all amazing. They were all very differently themed. I went to I adore two her. of I them. I feel bad that I was I was out of town for all of them. She was. Uh, well, I was in town for the Monday one, but I was hanging out with my boyfriend. With her boyfriend. To call We're going to reference the boyfriend a lot tonight, guys. Get ready. Um, well, he gave me permission. So it's dumb, a dumb thing to do. To sir. quote Almost Famous, it's all happening. Um, is that almost? I think that's almost famous. That is almost famous. Thank you. And I have a friend who will never listen to this podcast. No offense. Um, who always says everything's all happening when Ugh, it's not. That's so annoying. <laughs> I hate so that annoying. shit. Um. Anyway, Annabelle, uh, Stassi Schroeder, Kristen Dowdy, and Rachel O'Brien and I tried to no, do. Let me pick up all these names. I, <laughs> I just dropped all the Bravo names. We all did a Real Housewife tagline. (laughs) And mine was the worst because I put meatballs into it. I tried to stay very on brand with myself, but no one really got it. Like everyone else's were just about like being fake and like drinking. Was it, I grab him by the meatballs and then I make him them. Say it louder for the meatballs to hear. Was it, I can grab him by the meatballs, but I could also make the meatballs. I like that better. That was better. I, it was something along the lines of like I can because I was biting down on a huge fake diamond at the time. Oh. Yeah, it was something about like having it all and having meatballs too, like with a diamond in my mouth. It was not funny. Oh, I got it. I can have my meatballs and eat them too. Yes, I think that was my line. That's, that's a good one. It was, but one. no one really got it because no one knew me. <laughs> Isn't that the whole structure of the uh, Real Housewives like taglines? It's like you take a pun or like a cliche and then you just twist it a little bit and make it your own? Exactly. That's how you do it. So that's what I did. Yeah. But I, I was like a new cast member that no one really understood. Oh, you were the new one. They just had to explain you. They exactly. Explain like it. everyone kept retweeting it and yeah. commenting and they were like, Kristen's is the best. What was Kristen's? I forgot. It had, I can't remember. Oh, it's on. It's, it's all on. It, it just go it on Twitter. It's, it's on all Twitter. on Twitter. Well, speaking of uh, Kristen Doty's Twitter, um, I was in a really, like, very popular video mm-hmm. on her Twitter where both her and Annabelle paid me, I believe it was $200 at name drop Seth MacFarlane's holiday party to go up to other name drop Marilyn Manson and put a flower behind his ear. And they were both like, oh my god, I can't believe you're doing it. And I'm like, $200? Like, yes. I don't fucking care. I'm never going to see Marilyn Manson again. And I don't need to be invited back to this party. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I got it. Wait, so did you do it? Of course I did. There's a video. It's on Twitter. Where can we find the video? Um, go to Kristen Doty's or my Twitter because I like retweeted it recently and I'm sure I have a lot less tweets up than Kristen. Kristen's does. got a lot going on right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, you also might recognize Gabby. I'm so sorry I didn't introduce you as um, Kristen's, Kristen's friend. friend. That's okay. your that's, that's your handle. I really, you know what? I called up my commercial agent and I go, I do not understand why I'm not booking any of these commercials or going up on auditions. Do they know I'm Kristen's friend? <laughs> and my commercial agent was, who is this? <laughs> Which white girl are you? Which white? Wait, Sorry. speaking of white Sorry, girls no. and being a little, you're kind of basic. 
basic as fuck. You, you are basic as fuck. Actually, Gabby was the host of this like critically acclaimed series that never became never a series. Saw the light of day. Basic news. Um, I mean, I wish I could tell you you could watch it on ABC Digital, but unfortunately, it never saw the light of day. But I'm not bitter about it. Like, I am doing so many things. <laughs> She's really great. Um, I feel like a lot of your basicness comes from your jersey. I'm doing quotes yes. in the air. Sorry, I'm not even talking about sports. We're supposed to sports podcast. No, am- it's not a total sports podcast. Okay. It's what made you who you are as a comedian, um, as a host. Well, my jersey is being from New Jersey. Yeah, so my jersey would be from Westport, Connecticut, hometown of Martha Stewart, and that's a good thing. Um, but I will say something. So Connecticut doesn't really like I mean it's weird because you're like in the middle so either people are New York fans or Boston fans because we don't have any major league teams Mm -hmm. but we do have um uh the UConn Huskies basketball which is go UConn that's what it's not major that's like division one division one and then there's the women's the WNBA they're better so that was a thing that that we went to and you're very tall did you play basketball yeah not by choice (laughs) Did wait? Which Conti made you play basketball? Oh, who, Paul Conti, obviously, <laughs> um, made me play basketball, and I would always. It was. It was so like honestly, like my basketball schedule just like did not fit in with my schedule. Okay. Because it was after TGIF. It was always on Saturday mornings, and of course, I had to stay up for the whole TGIF, and like that was like part of what was important to me. What was your TGIF favorite? Um, probably Boy Meets World. Okay. And which was like. Childhood ruined. Do no, I can't talk about that. What? <laughs> Wait, now you have to talk about okay, it. I mean, let's Gabriella. Just say, like, nothing ruins your childhood more than blowing lines with the star of yes, a TJS <laughs> show, and listening to Owl City's Good Time on loop until no one was having a good time. <laughs> That sounds like my worst nightmare, but, like, best night ever. It was the best night ever until it was not the best night ever. That's usually how, like, cocaine stories go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't say who that was. Anyway, yeah. but Boy Meets World was my favorite. Oh, also Sabrina the Teenage Witch, because I think, like, every girl, I had a phase where I was convinced that I was a witch. Okay. Like, that's relatable, right? I, I totally thought that uh, The Craft did that for me. Yeah. Yeah, Sabrina the movie. Witch. I was, like... I was like so I can't tell you the biggest disappointment of my life was when I turned 16 mm-hmm. and I was not a witch. <laughs> like I was just like Wait, is that a thing? Well, that's she I think it's her on her 16th birthday. She turned she into turns, a witch. she out, out, like she levitates and turns into a witch. Wow. And I was like this is going to happen. And then it didn't. Did you feel like you related to any of them? Like I never felt like I looked like them. There was no brunettes on that show, oh, so I hated yeah, it as a little had her girl. friends like in later. Well, Libby was a brunette, the who was like the mean girl. Oh, that's why I probably felt a connection to Libby. Yeah, yeah. But I like it's not like I I like I wasn't I was brunette and then now I'm blondish. But like, um, yeah, no, I never like connected with Melissa Jonah. I just thought thought I was a witch. I was like convinced I was a witch. That's fine. Me and my two girlfriends, we all thought we were witches like, in Westport, Connecticut. In Westport, Connecticut. We went like a over- coven. Yeah. Westport Coven. Westport Coven. Well, my parents are like in something that I'm pretty sure is like a coven or a cult or something. It's That's like, cool. It's like their prayer group that they go to a lot and like play bunko with and like have like potluck dinners. And I'm like, this is a cult. It like has to be. That's definitely a cult. No one would actually choose to do that without being under some sort of spell. Yeah. Right? It just feels very weird. And I, like I never meet any of the cult members. For the meatballs out there that don't know about Westport, Connecticut, can you paint a picture for okay. us? Okay. So like imagine like walking into a J. Crew. That's Westport, Connecticut. (laughs) 
And it's like, okay, we have like a country club, a yacht club, like horseback riding. It's on the water. It's very beautiful. Um, it's the hometown of Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart actually shot her show in Westport, Connecticut. Also, Lucille Ball shot um, when they went to the countryside on I Love Lucy for like, I think it was like the Lucy Desi show. That was Westport, Connecticut. Um, Paul Newman. Newman Zone, heard of it, RIP. Great salad dressing. Yes, Westport, Connecticut. I actually, when I was in high school, I worked for the Westport Country Playhouse, which is known for their summer stock. And I was there with Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, and we would have company <gasps> dinners, and we would all be Newman's own. And we, I was like sitting next to Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, and they were like technically my bosses. And best friends. <laughs> and best friends, obviously. Like Paul and I were like besties. Um, and that was, that was like a, that was, that's, that's Westport. It's very quaint, it's very small town. Um, there's a show on TV actually, the, what do they call it, just American, American Housewife, Housewife, which used to be second, the working title that was Second Fattest Housewife in Westport, Connecticut. That was the pilot title. That was the pilot title. That's a long Twitter handle. It's a long Twitter handle, <laughs> but it's a really funny title. And like, actually, that's not true. Like, that was not that that actress is not the second fattest housewife in Westport, Connecticut. It's actually my former friend. Um, but you know, like, that's <laughs> not gonna talk shit. Because that's not what Westport, Connecticut people do. You're just passive aggressive and talk behind back. Well, so I actually started doing this character on Snapchat chat, okay. whose name is um, Muffy Whiterson. And she is like just very white, and she always has, she has her, she has her own little segment called White Wine, W H I N E, where she complains about white people problems. I love that. Yeah, like whiting was that what Griffin? Oh yeah, said? so yeah, Gr- oh, was wasn't whiting? He said it was um, over whiting. Over white instead like, of over whiting. So it's like the mansplaining, but for white people. Yeah, so like over whiting. Over whiting. That's what happens when we complain about anything. Yes. Or I think when we try to like, it's, well, more complainer, like explain. Yeah. When we try to explain an issue that is not our own, we are overwhiting it. Uh, so Griffin Moore, who is one of the co-founders of the Whiskey Lifestyle, who will be a guest coming up, sat in on a few of our overwhiting sessions. Yes. Where um, we were also joined by Haley Hansen, a former guest who you mm-hmm. guys have heard from. Um, Gabby and I, and we were all talking about boyfriend problems. Boyfriend problems. And they're not even, they're not problems. They're not problems. They're just like, you know what's so funny? I feel like it really all boils down to communication. And um, it's, I've been, and I've been in the, it's weird too, because like I just feel like I've, I am like, I'm probably like dating me is probably like taking in like a foster puppy that comes from like a really broken home because I'm like just like so scared and I like don't believe that the person's gonna like adopt me and like call me and I'm like I'm still like no it's okay let me just like run away because I just come from like all these like really bad like mentally and physically abusive more mentally abusive relationships and I'm just I'm used to dating it dating LA does that to you and like I'm now dating this like great guy who I'm like so thankful for who is so amazing and the best thing about him is our communication is the best. Yeah, because I feel like you can be yourself and like anytime you ask me for advice, yeah, I give it to you, but you kind of do your own thing and it always works out it for always you. It always works out and not to mention that the best thing is that um, like I think it's a lot, my therapist has said this to me like a while back where it's like it's not what you fight about, it's how you fight. And Kind and, of like your fight language. Yeah, and him and I have never, we've never yet gotten into like a fight fight but we get into like disagreements but it's so funny because it's like when they when something happens that we're like something bothers us we address it in the moment instead of letting it boil boil under the skin under the skin so there's never like we'll never there's never been like oh hey remember that time when that bothered me because when that time happened we talked about it in the moment i think that's the key to any happy healthy relationship yeah 
No, we do that. Uh, do you want to plug your therapist's new book that came oh out today? Gosh. Okay, so well, so my therapist, former therapist, I we have our own podcast, which you guys all need to listen to. Also, yeah, plug Jackie, it. I'm sorry, we need to have you as guests on the show. It's just really difficult coordinating when you have two co-hosts <laughs> for something because like our schedules are always like so incredibly different. Um, but he's amazing. The Angry Therapist is his name, or John Kim, and um, his book, which I have to log into my Instagram, which somehow logged me out, which I really hope means that like. No one, someone else isn't on my Instagram account. <laughs> you have a new profile a picture. New profile picture. It's scammed. It's fine. Um, Taylor Swift is using your name now. It's fine. I mean, we do the same workout. Taylor Swift does model fit too, apparently. Wait, we're going to get to model yes. fit. This um, is, Gabby okay. also works out a ton and should be sponsored by every workout brand yep. in the world. Please sponsor me. Um, it's called, okay, so The Angry Therapist, A No BS Guide to Finding and Living Your Own Truth. I actually have an advanced copy of it. So he, it came out today. I'm so proud of him. He, he published, self-published his first book. This is his second book that's like widely published. And yeah, Angry Therapist, like he knows what he's talking about. He helped me through like a very dark time in my life. Um, and he and him and I host a podcast called Asking for a Friend where we give people dating advice and you get it from an expert and someone who's living in it. Exactly. And not just dating, life advice too, like career stuff. That's like the perfect storm. Yeah. <laughs> and we do um, Facebook Live videos where actually if you are able to tune in live, you can just type any questions or email, text us, whatever. We'll answer them for you. Do you know what's so annoying about watching your Facebook Live videos? What? Is that I know they're not filtered and you look flawless. And Stop it. It makes me angry. Oh, my God. In, like, the best way ever. Okay, well, first of all, you have to know that the camera is mounted onto his trash can, so the angle is very <laughs> high. And usually we do this at 5.30, so the light is just, like, good. It's perfect light, everyone. If you it's want to take a good selfie, light. a good picture, the most likes I've ever gotten on a selfie happened at, like, 5.30 p.m. Yeah, that's the best light time. Yeah, magic in hour. our living room. Magic, yeah, magic hour. hour. <laughs> magic hour. So you need. It is the magic hour. I want to know, so you grew up in Westport, Connecticut. Yes. The American Housewife show is about that, but I feel like that's not the experience you had growing up. Mm -hmm. I do feel like most of your comedy stems from where you're from. It does, because it comes, it's a very sheltered, I was just there, and it's like a very, I was there for Easter, and it's like just a very sheltered, like no one talks, everyone talks like, when you're going to say something offensive, you you lower your voice like this to talk about it. So say what you said again, only loud. So when you're going to say something offensive, you lower your voice to talk about it. And it's just, and it's a lot of like, it's a lot of like everyone's in their collared shirts and their pearls and everyone is like prim and proper and you know, and it's just, you know, oh, oh darling, oh, let me have, oh great, let's, yes, okay, mm, yes, I'll meet you downtown. Oh great, 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 cool, cool. Uh, no, that's a cool, cool, but they're like, oh yes, the kids must, they must do a play date. They must do it. <laughs> They absolutely must. So it was like that when you were growing up? Yeah, and it was like a lot of divorces, a lot of like husbands cheating on their wives, like a lot of like... A lot of stuff like put under the rug. Put on the rug. No one talks about it. Did we wasp it. it away? We wasp it away. No one talks about it. But, Everyone is so unhappy. But have you seen the McMansion? It's, go- it's gorgeous. So it sounds like you're living in the series Big Little Lies. Yes, pretty much. Everyone's always, always renovating the house. Always renovating the house to the point that actually our mascot, sports... For like our high school, which our high so our high school is called Staples High School. Oh God! Um, and actually, our high school has a funny story where a porn star, Debbie, I think it was Debbie from Debbie Does Dallas, oh, went to what our school is called is Staples. Um, and there was a movie girl next door, and the writer director <gasps> is from Westport, and that he took that story, he based that story about oh a porn star went to my high school, and in the movie it's called Westport High. 
Your town is just on point with there's the famous a lot references. Of well, well, it's all. I mean, there's so much. We actually have an incredibly strong theater program. Yeah. Staples Players, which I was a part of, um, currently run by David Roth, who was very talented. And I mean, it's crazy. We were doing, like, I remember as a kid going to these shows, and they were Broadway-level shows. And now, like, they still do it. They still turn out, like, I think five or six plays a year. That's, um, not going to lie, side note, that's something Gabby and I bond on. Is musical theater. Musical theater. Um, I never got any of the great roles. David, don't worry about it. Not holding it against you. I am one of the few people who is still pursuing the theatrical arts now. So I feel like now. your great role is just playing yourself and playing, killing it. Which is, like, and I never realized that. Like, I never thought I was funny, like, growing up. I realized, but I was did really well in, like, Neil Simon and, like, all of, like, black box, like, comedy. Um, but, um, so I actually went, I performed in high school with one of the writers of music for La La Land who won an Oscar and, and a Golden Globe. And we, we did theater together since we were six years old. So when I was six years old, he was older, but it was so cool to like, and he talked about it. It was like so cool to see him be this like big star now. We had this huge Oscar party. (laughs) (laughs) And comedy show. And comedy show. Wink, wink. Um, that was sponsored by Big Mama and Papa's Pizza, yeah. which was the big, huge pizza they brought to the Oscars a few years ago. But for some reason, we like still we had this like giant pizza, but we still made like so much food. All the food, all the food. It was uh, it's just very on brand with us being Italian. And I never watched a comedy, not a comedy show, an Oscar show with thirty stand up comedians in the room. Well, I was supposed to be live tweeting, and I couldn't live tweet because there would always be like jokes. I was like, I don't want to steal your jokes. Like I couldn't think, you know, because like everyone was like just boom, 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 boom. It was like too much. It, it was, was overstimulation much. of comedy. It was overstimulation. Yeah, I loved sure. it though. But the best part about it, and I can post the video later for you guys, was watching. Gabby and one of her best friends, Emily. And so Emily people. also went to Staples with me. Emily was actually, we were double cast um, and Into the Woods together. What parts? Well, <laughs> this is, it's insane that they double cast this part. They double, we were double cast as Snow White. And, which, which is, is like the smallest, the smallest part. Role. It's like oh, this, this role only comes, she's part of the ensemble and then the very end comes out and comes out with Rapunzel's Prince. Or was it, or was it Cinderella's Prince? I think it's Cinderella's Prince. Yeah, it's Cinderella. Comes out with Cinderella's Prince, who funny enough, the guy who played Cinderella's Prince lives lived in West Hollywood and like now is like I used to have the biggest crush on him and now had like the biggest crush on me. Now he doesn't live in West Hollywood anymore. He's like we used to go on dates, but whatever. Anyway, so we come on stage and we have we share a line with Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. and we say, Ah, excuse me. And that's the line. It was cut from the movie. And they double cast that part and it was really funny actually. I saw Martha Stewart at the diner, which is where everyone would go after plays. And she was there when we were all hanging out. At like in Westport? 11, in Westport. Randomly, she was sitting there when we were all hanging out. Post or pre-jail? P- pre-jail. Pre-jail. <laughs> and she was sitting with a guy, and she was eating a grapefruit. And I thought that was so weird. I was like, why is Martha Stewart, queen of the kitchen, eating a grapefruit at a diner at 11 o'clock on a Friday night? So I naturally went up to her, introduced myself, and invited her to the play. And she said she might come. And I so like I told her I would leave her tickets. And I left tickets for her. And she never came. <laughs> but it was really weird, too, because I was like, well, okay, if you want to see me play, uh, like, so, like, egotistical. Like, if you want to see me play Snow White, I'm so sorry, but you can only come on either the Friday or the Saturday matinee. <laughs> like, something like that. And she was like, okay, random kid. I, I love that you gave, like, exact times. Yeah, it was just so That crazy. reminds me of, I ran into, I kept running into Lake Bell. Do you know the actress yes, Lake yeah, Bell? Yeah. And it was, at the time, she was dating Nick Kroll. Okay. And it was Who when I was... that? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Nick Kroll. Mm-hmm. He's on Broadway right now with John Mulaney in a yes. play. What's the name of the play? He's um, also Mr. Amy... Um, 
Amy Poehler? Amy Poehler, I think they broke up. Oh, no. I know. They were cute. I feel like he can't hold a relationship. He's dated a lot of dime pieces. Mm. Um, So she was dating Nick Kroll at the time, and I had run into her. She came to the Laugh Factory with him. I ran into them at a diner. It was, it's closed down now, but it was that diner on Beverly. I forget the name of it. Mm. Um... I saw them there. Oh, I know what diner you're talking about. That, that diner's no longer it's there. It's not there anymore. I, I used to weird, love it. I had a weird, like, morning breakfast meeting there with, like, I was like, why are we going It here? was cursed. That's why the diner's closed. Yeah. Um, and then I walked into Vegan Glory, and it was right after I was playing Sammy Sweetheart in this oh, whole, yeah. like, Lost at the Jersey Shore series. Yeah, so yeah. I still had all my, like, Jersey Shore attire on, mm-hmm. and she was sitting by herself. And I always think, like, three times a charm. Like, if you run into someone three times, you have to say something. Yeah, well, unless you're me, and like the first time you run into John Mayer, you tell him your life story. Like, it's fine. Uh, we need to get into your John Mayer story. We anyway. Will. I walked up to Lake Bell, and I was just like, I love your work. I think you're gorgeous, and I know you're dating Nick Kroll, and he's really funny, too. And she was like, you look very Jersey right now, and that's very on brand with his Bobby Bottle Service character. <laughs> and I was like, yes, and immediately thought we were best friends, because that's what I do with people yeah. I, like, idolize. Yeah. I don't really idolize her now. I just yeah. think she's cool. No, I think she's cool. I loved uh, In a World. I thought it was like, such a great movie. Yeah. Have you seen that? So that's my only story. No, I haven't seen that. No, it's good. It's on yeah. Netflix. You should check it out. I'll check it out on Netflix. My former boss, Dimitri Martin, isn't it? Dimitri Martin? Mm-hmm. Shout out to you. Mm-hmm. I hope you're a good boss to Gabriella Conte. He was a great boss. That show was like so... That was my first gig in LA was working on the Dimitri Martin show. Wait. Important things with Dimitri Martin. That was the first job I ever had. Tommy worked on that show. We'll talk about that later. Weird. <laughs> Tommy's Jacqueline's boyfriend. Okay. Anyway, Westport, Connecticut. Do you think growing up in that setting... Sorry. He's your main squeeze. You're his main squeeze. I'm so sorry. Not boyfriend, Tommy. Get over yourself. <laughs> we decided we would just call each other main squeeze. Yeah. Anyway. Um, labels are great. I think... <laughs> uh, do you think Westport, Connecticut has shaped the host and actress you are today? Said, oh, wait. Paul, do boyfriends listen to podcasts? Yeah. What do you guys think? Do boyfriends <laughs> listen to podcasts? I think they listen to the first two minutes and they're like, this is way... Yeah, way. this isn't about me. Bye. I, I was sitting with my dad and family and Tommy at dinner the other night and my dad was like, I love you. I think you're amazing, but I don't want to hear you talk for an hour and a half. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm like, you don't want to hear the advice I want to give all my meatballs. Like, you don't need the advice, Phil. Yeah. No, I love him. He's the best. Mm -hmm. I'm still working off the 10 pounds I gained from hanging out with him over Easter weekend. I gained five pounds when I was home. Um, I want to hear about that. You were still taking classes while you were home, which was very on brand with me being in New Jersey. Whenever I go home, my mom, bombshellin, wakes me up in the morning. We have to go to take classes. It's a thing. And I was so proud of you. You were at Soul Cycle with your mom. Not Soul Cycle, not with my mom. You're I, a I, I tag Soul Cycle in photos because I think it's funny. Oh. But I wasn't there. So I went, so my um, mom drives me insane. So when I go home for my sanity so we don't get into fights, I book classes. But that was so funny because my mom was yelling at me. She was like, you booked all these classes. I never got to see you. You were always working out. And I was like, mom, you were sleeping. My mom sleeps till noon. Very busy woman. <laughs> Is she a comedian? No, I don't know. She, like, I don't know what she does. She's like, I'm a night person. I'm like, yeah, but you don't. But then why are you sleeping until she sleeps until noon? 
And then she got mad at me for going to class at, like, 9 a.m. And I'm like, you're still asleep. Like, what? we're not hanging out. Like, Wait, Gabriella, 9 a.m. is very late for you. Usually you're getting up at 5.30 in the morning for class. I was on vacation, so I went to the 9 o'clock class. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I went to, well, I had to use my class pass class before they expired. So I went to, when I landed, I went to two classes the first day I was there. Which is very healthy. You should totally go to like two so class. insane. Also, it's, like, not cool how my parents, like, encourage that instead of being, like, is everything okay? Oh, when I, my parents are always, like, you look skinny. Like, yeah. not, like, is everything okay? They're, like, you're killing it. Yeah. My parents are, and it's, like, that's, also my mom goes, oh, what is this? What is this? You say you were anorexic? You say you're dyslexic? You just like the X's. And I was, like, no, mom, I was anorexic and I am dyslexic. <laughs> But I'm like, what? Like, what is it about? Like, they, like, like they never want to believe anything's wrong with you. No, they they want to think everything's fine, which yeah. means nothing's fine. Nothing's fine, and it's like, okay, mom, I'm sorry, you get you get to be like bipolar cancer survivor, like you get to have all the fun things. <laughs> like, let me have something. You're like, I'm an ex Abercrombie model. model. I'm a retired model, mom. Do you even know? Do you even know my pain? Gosh, this wait, my- can you tell everyone how that happened? The Abercrombie thing happened. Well, so my mom again bipolar. So when she was like on her like manic like up like happy like trying to make something happen thing she was like I'm gonna be a stage mom right now and I'm like great cool and just like randomly one day was like yeah I'm gonna be a stage mom and she really like put all of her energy into like launching my modeling career and knew someone back in her days and hour knew someone who knew someone who was the casting guy for Abercrombie okay and I'll never forget I went into we went to the city together my mom also had like this was all I love that you call it the city because the in city. New Jersey we'd always just call it the city. Yeah, that's what you call it. The it's city. New York City it's for city. It's the city for you guys for yeah. the meatballs. Um. So yeah. So in high school, my my mom was like very supportive of my acting and modeling career for like a bit, and so I got into like Stella Adler, which is like a very that's great big things the conservatory program, which was a big deal. So every Saturday, my mom would drive me into the city, and I would do this conservatory program for like it was like a six hour intensive. We get a lunch break, and my mom would just like stay in the city and probably like hang out at some hotel, like <laughs> not because she was trying <laughs> to like hook a guy, up, just, like hanging out. And then she would, and then she would joining a Pinot Grigio. And morning, yeah, probably. And then she would pick me up and she would take, she would drive me home. And we did, we did that. That's what I did for like most. That was how I spent most of my weekends in high school. Not as a cheerleader. Not as a cheerleader or a dancer. Not a dancer, just theater nerd. Just, just a theater. I nerd. love that. I yeah. wish I had done that. I was a hundred. I was like. A hundred, I was like 200% into like theater and acting and like all of that in high school. 100%. And middle school too, except for my traumatic event that happened in eighth grade when I lost the role of Reno Sweeney to two. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm over it. Say that. I'm sorry. We missed that. Um, I was cheated for the role of Reno Sweeney in Anything Goes. Thank you. And what happened, which is, I'm actually talking about this at my storytelling show on this Hey, Tuesday. plug your storytelling show. Show and storytell. It's always the last Tuesday of the month. And, um, yeah, so it's, the thing is, you bring an item, you tell a story. Jacqueline did one of the shows. Very, she did a great job. <laughs> and, you. um, so I, as a host, I, every time I have to tell a different story. And so for this one, when I went home, I found that I had made myself a, a trophy called the Superstar Award because being of the tr- a trophy for participating generation and only child wasn't enough for me. I had to make myself a trophy in art class. And I realized this was the same year. This, this is what I did after I lost this role. And this role was like, it was so unfair. I was like over, not to like be like, I'm amazing, but I was overqualified for the role. <laughs> I was like definitely overqualified for it. Because it's a middle school production. I don't know if you saw the last SNL 
sketch with like the did you see the last week's SNL no I haven't this is a great sketch and it's like it's so funny because they've been doing a lot of like musical theater theater sketches this I think season. it's because Melissa our friend Melissa yeah, Villasenor yeah, is on it yeah but they've been doing a lot of it and they did this such this funny sketch that I don't know if it was just funny to me because of musical and probably to you but it was a middle school production of Legally Blonde. <gasps> and it was it cut from the girls, the middle school girls, like talking about like, wow, what a great show. Yeah, we really killed it. We're so good. Oh, when you sing your solo, you're so good. And then it cuts to the, the actual performance. And they're all just like, oh my God, oh my God, you guys. Like, they're whispering. Like, whispering, in case you singing, hear that. <laughs> whispering, singing, which is like so what middle school kids do when 100%. they perform. And so I was, it was me against two whispers playing a role that, made famous by Ethel Merman. It's like a, you know. Yeah. Like, everything's coming up roses. She's very subtle in her performance. Very subtle. Right. And so it was these two girls, and I found out later that he gave the role to the two girls, double cast them, because they were both popular girls. And because if he cast them, he knew that they would have a big turnout in the audience. And if he cast me as the lead, who didn't have any friends, even though I was overqualified for the role and was, like, singing circles around them, like, I, there wouldn't have been a, a big enough audience. It's like a bringer show before yes. bringer shows were a thing. Little did Mr. Firmer know I'm from an Italian family and I would have brought the audience. You would have filled the audience. Easy. Anytime I perform in New York City, even though my family is kind of like yeah. overcoming the shows, yeah. I would bring half the audience and you always kill yeah. when it comes to that. Yeah. So um lost the role and was like, I'm so over it, but it's fine. But well, it was going back to, sorry, I'm talking in circles as you know, that's my... I don't know if anyone's following. <laughs> it's fine. No, we are following. We're learning why you are who you are. This is so yeah. So this was like a Westport big, stories. Westport stories. That was a big part. And then um, oh yes, yeah, so the modeling thing. Yeah. So my mom like one day was just, like really focused on to like like knew someone who knew someone at Abercrombie like the guy that cast all the models. And I went into a go see, which is model talk. You walk in, they take your Polaroid. It's like literally maybe like. 15 minutes of your time once you're there. Yeah. And maybe they ask you, they ask me questions. They're like, what sports do you do? And I like lied. I just like listed all the activities that I did at summer camp. I was like, water skiing, horseback riding, rock <laughs> climbing. Like I do none of those Have you things. ever done any of those things? I have. I mean, I did it like for an activity, but I like don't like, actually I was a good water skier. And, you were. And good at ropes. I respect that. Yeah. I think my athletic side and the side, not like athletic, like I'm not good at like competitive sports but like the part of like oh enjoying to go work out was that I went to a camp that was like very physical I could see you at like the Kentucky Derby yeah I could see you betting on horses well I look great in hats you look great in hats I feel like your hat would be your jersey yeah if you had to design a jersey to wear it would be a Kentucky Derby hat yes oh well the other thing about jerseys high school my our mascot was a wrecker which was like a construction worker. I'm sorry, what? A wrecker. Staples Wreckers. That was what I was trying to say earlier. You guys were construction workers? Well, Your high school was run by the mob. (laughs) Well, either run by the mob, but also like how funny, like everyone in Connecticut is always renovating their mansion. So like, of course... It's a construction worker. You came from the most comedic high school I've ever heard yeah. of. Did Larry David go to your high school? No, but it was like, and also like Staples, like people were always confused. They're like, is it an office supply store? And it's like, no, it was some rich guy that like got the school, like owned the school that had no relation to Staples. Was it super private store. and like segregated? It wasn't private, but here's the thing. It was, so I was born in Manhattan. Okay. And I went to an all girls Catholic school called Marymount. And part of the reason why my family moved from the Upper West Side of Manhattan to Westport was because the public schools in Westport were as good as the private schools in New York. 
Okay. Also, my mom was dying of cancer, but like she's fine now. Everything's so fine. So everything's fine. So this was like the whole reason why we relocated and yeah, and had got like a great education at Staples High School. I had a boyfriend that played hockey at University of Rhode Island. Oh. He was a hockey player and he was from Westport, Connecticut. Oh. What's and, like, his name? Matthew Ranger. <laughs> like Ranger, but yeah. Ranger. Don't know him. Yeah. And everyone was like, ooh, Westport, Connecticut. Yeah, it's just so bougie. But it's I, bougie. Yeah, like, I, I never went there with him. I didn't know anything about it. I mean, he had good taste in things. He dressed well. Like, here's a random childhood memory that I don't even know what this, like, why. But I had a friend, Hillary, who was very, very waspy. And her mom was, like, the coolest. And her stepdad was, like, the coolest. And I was, like, every time, like... I remember, like, going to her house, and, like, she had an intercom, which I thought made her so fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, intercoms was a thing. When you're little and you think about things, like, I always thought anyone that had a waterfall and, like, a rock climbing wall and a pool in their backyard was the shit. Now rock climbing walls? I don't know. Oh, my God. In my dreams. It's, like, too much. But now, Phil and I, my, Phil, my brother, we were just talking about that this weekend where yeah. we were like that no one cares about that shit when oh, you're old okay, so the intercom was really cool but then when i was home i figured out guys next time you're home here's how you can dy d diy diy dyo here's how you can see dyslexic mom um here's how you can uh diy D- oh my god do it yourself DIY. do it yourself here's how you can diy your own intercom how use your cell phone call the house phone when you know your parents are downstairs like watching a movie and be like dad dad hi um can you bring me up some water also I'm cold and my dad was just my dad just was like laughing at me and was like no seriously come down and do that yourself like you're an adult at least they're keeping you humble they are but I think it's so funny to like that the fact that like that's actually that is that's the modern intercom that really is. I don't even think. No, my parents do have a house phone. I don't know the number. They like won't you give don't it to know me. That, oh, but it's but you didn't grow up in that house. No, I didn't. So it's my childhood house. So like I know that the house number. Do you know how lucky you are? Yeah, they live in. They live in your. You get to go home to that. I get to go home to that. But I mean, I'm sure it's the days are numbered. They're they're pretty soon going to be living Would in an you, apartment. Like throw parties in your childhood oh, house. Well, so we had a sick basement where I made out with so many boys. By the way, I'm never having a basement. Never. Oh, don't. Don't. Oh my. Oh my god, yes, new young moms don't have a basement. Do you know how much shit happens in your basement? My mom found drug paraphernalia that I never touched that apparently people just brought in and threw in with my Barbie doll. So my best friend Clayton, who I always say gay best gay best friend because you just have to know that fact about Clayton. Obviously his name's Clayton, like what do you think? He's straight? Like yeah. of course. No. So Clayton and I were like such monsters and we did theater together and he was younger than me. And um, we were just, like, we thought everyone was obsessed with us. Like, no one cared who we were. And we used to, like, our parents would give us money to go see Broadway plays. And we would take the train into the city. Ugh. And we would use our money on fake IDs and go to, like, like Chelsea and go to these, like, gay bars. And Why were we not friends? We were just, like, cleaning there. We were just, like, literal train wrecks. <laughs> Before Amy Schumer knew what the term train wreck like, meant, we that were just was like, you. I remember like one Halloween, Clayton and I were so obsessed about like what other people thought about us, and so we were like, it's Halloween, we're gonna go to a fabulous party in 
Sono, which is South Norwalk, which was like the only nightlife like outside of like in that that Connecticut, Fairfield County area. God, it's like Trenton, New Jersey. Yeah, it's like Princeton. It's like you couldn't go to New York, so you'd go to like the way that you could drive. Yeah. So you go to South Norwalk. And one Halloween, Clayton and I were like determined to like it was like a school night. We were just like we're going out. It's Halloween. It was my senior year, and I was like, okay. So Clayton's like, well, I don't have a costume. Clayton's like, it's fine. Just wrap some toilet paper around yourself. And now we're sexy mummies. So we were like in our sexy mummy outfits, and we're like, let's go to Starbucks. So that's like where people you get seen at Starbucks. What? So we like went to Starbucks and like one of the idiot popular girls was there and she was like, oh, hey guys, what are you doing? And Clayton's like, we're going to a fabulous party. <laughs> Does Clayton live in West Hollywood? No. Can we hang out with him? Clayton has no fun anymore because he's sober. Oh. Well, <laughs> good for like, him. Good no, for him. Good for him. No, he's sober and he's, I'm very proud of him. He's, he's and sober healthy. and he, it's like, I, he's a sober like coach and stuff like that. Like he does. Oh, so he's doing good. He's doing so good. Good. Yes, yes. I feel like that happens when you live in a place like Westport. And it's like, do I have a problem? Because, like, I was drinking with him. Let's not acknowledge (laughs) it. Let's not acknowledge it. Let's not. Let's just drink more. I think we should drink more. Mm -hmm. I think that's fine. I think it's healthy. It's all good. I do want to get into your comedy and your transition. You went to Emerson. I went to Emerson. um, Emerson College. I went in. So my parents were not supportive of the they were support my mom was supportive when I was an Abercrombie model yeah right I did that and I feel then, like your mom likes pretty things she likes pretty things so I was an Abercrombie model which is like still to this day I think is her proudest accomplishment of me 100% so I did the Abercrombie thing my picture never made it to stores but I got the pictures shot with Bruce Weber which is like a big deal in the modeling world awesome um I'll post those later for you guys yeah I'll to post see. them later you guys can see them although right now I feel like you're like thinner and more model ready than you were then oh my god thank you well I'm just in, I'm toned like I wasn't toned when I was she's been doing model fit all model month. fit which is a workout um, that I highly recommend that I found out Taylor Swift does does she but they don't talk about when I interviewed the owner like she doesn't like to talk about which I respect just she respects the she privacy she doesn't name of her drop clients. it I like she doesn't name drop it but so yeah, we're going to we're going to so Taylor Swift like it's really weird because there hasn't been any photos of Taylor Swift and the only photos you see of her is her leaving workout studios which are model fit and body by Simone Body by Simone, model fit. If you want a T-swizzle body, that's where you go. But also, I think she, like, steals her choreography from these classes. I didn't know Taylor Swift had choreography. Well, it's, like, very basic, like, jumping up and down. Exactly. Yeah. I, I just think that's how her body is taught to move. Yeah, probably. And that's what happens. Yeah, probably. That's okay. Yeah. You're the Taylor Swift of comedy slash Carrie Bradshaw of comedy. Oh my god, that's so kind of you. Thank you so much. No, I'm not being kind. <laughs> Just being a sassy little Jersey broad. Aww. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. So you went to Emerson. Oh, I went to Emerson. So I wanted to do, I wanted to act. My parents wouldn't support that. But Emerson just made sense for me because, um, so growing up, my high school, the theater group, uh, we all lived in what was called the four building of our school because our school was numbered buildings that were not that were not connected when I when they built the school in the 70s and so there were all these different numbered buildings that were all different colors like the lockers and the carpet and the walls were all the same color and the four building was all yellow and like the I want to say like two building which was like the math building was all red and like the science building was all green and they were like different but so it was, was it like the theater kids were full of sunshine I don't know <laughs> but it was like so anyway if you did theater the, so the four building was where theater was, but also like art was and everything like that. Yeah. And so people like if you did theater, that's where you hung out. But because Clayton and I partied, the theater kids like didn't. We were outsiders in the theater kids because we partied. But like the football team and the popular kids 
also didn't accept us because we did theater. So we were like in this like weird limbo. You were like in purgatory. You yeah. were in high you were school in purgatory. high school purgatory. But did you ever find like when you were doing rehearsals for like a theater performance, yeah. it was like such a good excuse yeah. to like get out of class get or class. just to be like, to, I'm sorry. Or it's I'm like rehearsing. it's Hell Week. Well, like Hell Week is the week before you put on the show, <laughs> yeah. and like you have these like you're like you're at school until like oh my god eight p.m. or like, something like that, and like it's and great. so like you like your teachers be like oh you have Hell Week oh it's all right you turn in next you week. have Hell it's Week fine. it's fine. Like, Congratulations! Like great job. On yeah, show. like we got so many passes. Yeah, of so that. many passes. We're such assholes. Such assholes. <laughs> such assholes. But in the best way. I love it. Um, but yeah. So oh, so Emerson was very much like the four building where like the theater kids hung out because it was all arts focused. You didn't have to take a math class at Emerson. What? Yeah. If you got a certain score on your SATs, like you didn't have to. Teach I think I math. paid someone off to get me through math at University of Rhode Island. Oh really? Yeah. You didn't have to. One hundred percent. Um, it was just like really low, like it was very arts focused. Um, but it was funny because like coming from Connecticut, I loved bright colors. I had my like popped like Abercrombie shirt. I had like you know I was wearing like this like vintage like pearl necklace. And, uh, like, a, one of those, like, white... Remember those white peasant skirts that were, like, really big? Oh, 100... The layered, yeah. tiered yeah. peasant skirt? So I was like, that's what I you wore. You were, like, the East Coast Elwoods. I was the East Coast Elwoods, and I walk yeah. in, and, like, everyone was, like... And everyone's, like, in all black with beanies, like, smoking cloves. And, like, here I walk in, being like, I'm here! <laughs> and, and so I joined a sorority, because that was, like, the only thing that seemed to make sense at the time for me, because I like, wanted to be, like, Elwoods. 100%. Um, but, yeah, so I did... I did broadcast journalism because I used to write for the school paper and journalism still to this day is what I do and what I love. I it just love cracking like a story. Nature for you. I love interviewing people. I love cracking a story. I love like you know I love like getting a scoop on something like that's always drives me. Um, unfortunately, it's not really hard news. It's more like profiles, lifestyle things. That's always been my. Were my, biographies a thing that you like to read when you were little? Yes, I love reading biographies, and I did a lot of profile pieces in for the school paper. Mm-hmm. So. Broadcast journalism made Wait, sense Wait, I want to me. know who you love doing. Like, when I was younger, mm-hmm. Grace Kelly and Bob Fosse were my two favorite profiles oh, I Oh, um, I will... Frank Sinatra, I wrote a whole... I wrote... And William Shakespeare, in the fifth grade, we could uh, pick any one or any subject that we wanted to do a whole project on, a whole research project on, and mm-hmm. I picked William Shakespeare. And, I, like, I didn't know it because I knew that I liked Romeo and You're Juliet. You were so ahead of your time. Yeah, I knew that I liked Romeo and Juliet because Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. And, like, I literally did this whole prison. But there's that makes such, sense. But there's such crazy trivia about Shakespeare and, like, it's insane. It's so, my parents are going to Verona next week. Oh. I know. And I was like, Romeo and Juliet. And they're but, taking a whole tour. It's a thing. So. But also so much of theater and what we do now in theater is rooted in it's based Elizabethan on theater and, yeah. like, what they did. It's crazy. Well, I did a lot of Moliere in college at URI. Okay. Um, and all the Moliere scenes are scenes that sitcoms are taken from. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also goes back to, like, even, like, Greek Greek theater and everything like that. It's all it's all repeated. So basically, if you need to write a sitcom script and like want to sell something, just go back to Moliere and Greek theater well, and use that as a basis. Also, there's tropes like TV tropes, the same plot lines, the same things that you see over and over again in TV shows. It's, it's, a, it's a trope, and like uh, like one and the roots. Like for example, um, uh, Pygmalion was a play about the guy creating something and then it became My Fair Lady but then we've seen and then that Pretty trope, Woman Pretty Woman and we, but also we see that device all the time guy like uh, she's all that like yeah. same thing um, or uh, Cyrano which is um, on a date and there's the guy and he's like oh he's like telling the other guy what to say yep. and like how many times have you seen that I mean that's down to like 
MTV's Blind Date. Like everyone's people <laughs> reality are shows this. are based on Greek, on Greek myth. Well, I don't know if that was. Syrano might not be Greek, but it's whatever. It's like yeah. a mythology, or it's like been, been around, a tale that's been around. Forever. So did you learn about these type of plays in high school or college? It was high school and college. So sorry, I totally again derailed. So I went to Emerson. I entered as a broadcast journalism major. Hosting was like I fell into hosting. We had this channel called the Emerson Channel, and I used to host all of our shows and our morning shows and our talk shows, and just that's where I felt the most comfortable. Um, And so I was hosting a show called Fast Forward Rewind, which was the orientation show. So we would get there when the when the freshmen were doing their orientation, and it would be a show that would basically assimilate you into Emerson. And I was a segment producer and on on air talent, so I was coming up with these concepts of things like so I would do a piece on like how to like decorate your dorm room or like how to go to a vintage store. It's like so funny because it's like the segments I now do on the Elite Daily. It's job. like the same thing. It's the same thing. It's like how to go to a, how to like I gave my friend Kim a makeover at like our a, a vintage store by like updoing her wardrobe, like all these kind of things, and um and did like a blind date like piece, like did all this stuff, and so I was doing this and um. This my sophomore year, Kevin Bright, who's the executive producer of Friends. If you ever watched a Friends episode, it was his Bright Kaufman Crane. He is Bright. Um, was coming to Emerson to do an artist in residence, so he was going to teach students um, uh, like what he knew and do these workshops and develop pilots and all this. I had no idea any of this was going on. So I'm hosting the show with my friend Stephen Christie, who you also know. I Both do of know us Steven. were like hosting the Good Morning. We were hosting Fast Forward Rewind. And Kevin, for some reason, was just like both of us. He was like, you and you, I want to do something with you. And the first pilot he developed at Emerson was a pilot called Midnight Snack. This was around the time of Simple Life and Borat. And Stephen and I played these two socialites, Gabrielle and Stefan, who like (laughs) would go to clubs and we'd always be like so upset about like how it didn't meet our standards of like what nightlife was supposed to be. (laughs) And so the first time we went, we went to this place called, we went to an event for Boston Common, which was like the big bougie like Boston I went there, yes. So we went to this event and Dennis Leary was being honored and it was at an old fire station. We took a limo there and whatever and everyone thought we were these red carpet reporters. And so we're there, like, interviewing people, being like, oh, my gosh, tell me this, whatever. And then when we, we interviewed Dennis Leary, we were like, so, Dennis, um, tell us, like, what, what, like, so you used to be a firefighter. What are the hot spots in Boston? And he would, like, say something, and we're like, cool. And we're like, so when you do mouth-to-mouth, do you ever actually do mouth-to-mouth on the people in your show, Rescue Me? And he was like, cool, he, like, answered that. And then, like, some question about, so tell us about your new project. And, like, I said the name of the project, I was, like, wrong or whatever, but they, that's what my producer told me to say. Yeah. And I said, he was like, that's not a project I'm working on. And then all of a sudden, Steve and I, this was planned, we just started making out with each other because we were both interviewing him. Yeah. And he was just, like, so confused about, like, why we were... cool about it? He was cool, but he didn't know he was being punked. So, like, the whole joke was it like, we were these two reporters, but we were, like, we're so unprofessional, and we were, like, interviewing, and then we just, like, made out, and then Stephen, like, like took me and, like, like was holding me, and uh, I was just... And I was like, rescue me, Dennis! Rescue me! And then we <laughs> literally got kicked out of the event, and it was, like, this is all on camera. Who kicked you out? We just, like, a publicist kicked us out of the event, and, like, so this is all on camera, and so that was the moment when that happened... I was like, oh, I could never be a serious reporter. I meant really? to do comedy. Yeah. And that was the whole thing. And so, like, that's now, even, like, now I host, and I, I like doing investigative things. Like, I did this whole piece on the angel shot yeah. about this whole thing and, like, Wait, how to keep can you explain safe. the angel shot really quick? Because yeah. I think it's an amazing thing. So, the angel shot is a thing. This story went viral. It was, like, a, a meme that people were posting on Twitter. Like, Ashton Kutcher was, like, reposting it. Everyone was talking about it. How some bar had put up a sign in the bathroom that said, um, are you on a, ba- on a bad, like, OK Cupid or plenty of fish date? 
Um, if you are, go to the bar and order this, an angel shot. If you order it on the, if you order it neat, the bartender will escort you to your car. If you order it on the rocks, they will call you an Uber or Lyft. If you order it with lime, they will call the police. So everyone was like, this is amazing. And the story was going viral. I was like, this is so cool. Oh my gosh. Yay. Awesome. And so I was like, is this a thing? So I called 60 bars in Los Angeles and only like five of them heard of it. And of the five, none of them, and none of them were doing anything like this. No. So in between the time of like calling the bars and like setting up this interview where I went to like four bars in LA and interviewed bartenders about this, um, uh, three of the bars came up with their own policy. Because the thing that happened, the issue with that thing is it's too long. It's hard, if the bar is really busy. It's a lot. As it's a, a bartender, lot, right? They're not going to know what. And you they mean. might think you. They might mishear you and actually pour you a shot. There's a vodka that's called Angel. Yeah, <laughs> so it's confusing. Yeah. So, um, so it's really confusing that this is all happening. And so the bartenders. So some bars came up with their own thing, like Barney's Beanery. And I did this whole po- this whole report where I interviewed bartenders. The Annabelle shot. That Annabelle shot. So Barney's Beanery now has a shot called the Annabelle shot. They ask for Annabelle, the Annabelle. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, the bar the bartender will look out for you, and then it's up to the bartender to kind of decide in your best interest what to do in the situation. Yeah. Which is much better than you telling them to call the police when maybe the guy just doesn't look like his profile picture. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like insane. And so, but the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway I had is that if you're ever on a date anywhere and you're uncomfortable, what you should do is you you should ask for a manager and tell the manager you're uncomfortable. And man, most of the time, bartenders, managers, as you know, they're out to help. They're there to help the customers keep the customers safe. No. They don't want to have, um, like, drunk, crazy people, you know. No, no one wants a fight. Chaos. No one wants it to be creepy. Right. So if you're ever on a date, if you're ever feeling uncomfortable, always talk to the manager. And another hack, too, is if most bars have kitchens, mm-hmm. and most kitchens have a door that goes outside. Yeah. So you can always go to the kitchen, ask for a manager, or just go to the kitchen and say, hey, I'm on a bad date. You could walk. And you walk, don't even have to say anything. You just walk through just the kitchen. Just walk through the kitchen and fucking leave. Yeah. And that's like the safest thing to do. So, yeah. I definitely recommend that. Yeah. Because no one cares. No one says anything. No Everyone's one says in their anything. own head, own world yes. in the kitchen. Just walk through the kitchen and leave. Get yeah. Out. Get out. Get out. Speaking of dating, okay. we're not about to do a sponsored post about dating. Don't no. worry. No. We're not doing a dating app post. No, no, no. Maybe six months ago that would have been a thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like you are the queen of dating apps in I the was. sense that like you you just you were in it to win it. And then the second you actually were like, I'm out was when you finally chilled and found happiness. Well, it's okay. So I think the thing that, um, angry talks about a lot, which, um, my co-host, I'm not gonna say therapist, he gets so mad when I call him a therapist, because former therapist talks about a lot, which is, I never, I was like, yeah, okay. Is that the second you stop seeking the difference between seeking and attracting and the issue with dating apps, a lot of dating apps, you're seeking, you're looking, you're searching. Yeah. And when you put that energy out there, you're either going to get people that are shit or you're going to get, you know, it's just not going to be good. Someone like preying on the weak. Preying on the weak. When, but if you attract, which is what I did, I, I went, I did this detox, I worked on myself, I was focused on myself, I was doing what my own detox? thing. Wait, can you tell everyone your process, please? This is an insane thing. So I did a crazy thing. So I went to um, Hong Kong and Thailand. I came back, I felt so bloated, so, like, gross. I was just, like, done with it. Um, and so what I decided to do is I started a juice cleanse. I did a three-day juice cleanse with Press Juicery. And then Goop does an annual detox, Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow. So I was like, I'm going to do this annual detox. And so her detox was 
um, it was sounds complicated, but it's actually pretty simple. You eliminate the following from your diet. Gluten, dairy, soy, corn, sugar, alcohol, caffeine, um, and I think the nightshades, which are tomatoes, peppers, all that kind of stuff. Which is really fun to live with when you eat so all So fun. Those and things. Jacqueline would get mad at me. She's like, why are there no chips in the house? <laughs> and I was like, um, do you want a rice cake? <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. But so, worth it. But we're, so I did all that, and I, and I did the no alcohol and the no caffeine, which honestly is just not for my lifestyle. Actually, if you watch the Daily Show episodes where I am on the detox, my energy is so low and I'm talking so slowly. Really? And I don't have my, like, spark. I don't know you yeah. talking slowly. It's weird. It's very weird. And there's some segments where it's like, I'll show you, it's like very obvious. Um, but maybe it's more obvious to me and to my showrunner. Um, but so, yeah, so I, I, so I, I got off the detox, um, but I kept working out a lot and I kept, I kept the detox element. So I, I kept dairy and gluten out. Those are the big ones I cut out. But then I've been, I try to avoid, like, I try to avoid corn. I try to avoid corn. For some reason, all these things that you cut out, just they blow you. So when if you can cut them out, it's just so much better like for you. Like the corn chips that I've been eating since it's, 2 p.m. today? Yeah, no, apparently it's like, that's not corn stock. But rice is okay for you. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Brown rice is okay. Brown rice is better than corn for you for some reason. I think it's just what is easier for your body to digest. Yeah. Is what it comes down to. So I did that, and I was just working on myself and doing my own thing. And, um, and then I kind of, I don't know, I got off the detox and I kept working on my own things and it was just like, it was just so, and it was funny because I was still on the, I wasn't on the, I was on the apps, I was often on the apps and then I had, uh, this guy, like one guy, it was so funny because I went on my first date with my now boyfriend and then I came back from the first date and I had gotten, which I thought was a work thing, I didn't realize it was a date and then I had gotten a, a DM from this other guy who like, it was, I was just distracting them. And then, like, you know, I obviously wanted the, the – obviously, my boyfriend now is, like, the one that I wanted to be with. And we've been together and things have been great. Yay. Yeah. It's because you were just working on yourself and making yourself, I feel like, more Westport, Connecticut ready. Well, and I think about this a lot. I think about that if I had met him or if we had gone on a first date – because we had met a year ago yeah. through work. And I'm so happy that nothing happened because I I was not the person I am now. I don't think I was – I always think I wanted a relationship, but I wasn't ready. And I think I'm finally ready for Isn't one. Isn't that weird? It's so weird to think about that because all of that was like, I just want a boyfriend, I just want a boyfriend. But now it's like, no, but I didn't know who I was then. Yeah. And like and I'm now so self-aware and have spent so much – I've been done so much work on myself that I don't – I know what to like – I know what my triggers are. I also know how to like communicate with people and it's just – it's better. It's a healthy relationship. Do you think doing your own podcast with your own ex-therapist helped? Oh, it does. And I still – oh my god, I fucking hit him up for free advice all the time. That's which amazing. I know like drives him insane. But yeah. When I'm not available? Is that what you're saying? When you're not available <laughs> – but it's also good to get a more of like a non-bi because you have my best interest as a friend. But yeah. like you need someone outside you need someone the equation. Outside. Also, the male perspective is very helpful too. I think. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Any male perspective is always like cut the fat, just be honest and straightforward, and don't talk that much. But also, the male perspective—you have to be careful, though, ladies, because the male perspective. But it has to be a male perspective of someone who doesn't want to fuck you. Yeah. Because then you you'll get skewed advice from a you'll guy that wants to advice. fuck you. Skewed advice. You don't realize it. Yeah. No, I had to ward off a few people like mm-hmm. that, where I was like, "You're just trying to sabotage this." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's all fine. Could you see yourself and? Um, mailbox mailbox uh ending up back in Westport Connecticut okay well let's take him out of the equation because I don't want to put that much pressure on you babe um (laughs) I guarantee you he's not listening he's not he's not gonna listen it's fine um but uh 
I don't know. I would I would like to I well here's the thing. It's I'm so torn because my number one love will always be my career. Yeah. Always. always. And the great thing about like he's very supportive of that and he's also very career focused. So I think we are a good team because of that, but we also keep our work separate and we, you know, which is healthy, I think. Um, but but it's cool, like, getting his opinion on things and collaborating on things. Not collaborating, but just being, like, hearing his, like, his opinion on things. Like, and I realize that that's something that's so important to me in a relationship. And it's what my parents have. My parents work, built a production company together. What? Yeah. Although my dad now later is like, yeah, your mom did absolutely nothing. <laughs> so you're like your dad in the equation. I'm like my dad. So my, my parents... Um, Paul and Jules Paul Conti. Paul and Jules Conti. So my dad was in advertising forever. That's how he met my mom. Um, they worked in an advertising company. My mom was in casting and my dad was in video, which like wasn't a thing yet in the 70s. No, they're so ahead of they're their so time. time. And so they're so progressive, they which got, makes sense. Yeah, they got set up on a blind date. And so apparently my dad was working at DDB, but then he also had his side stuff and was doing like side projects and, and like doing his own kind of thing. And so then he was able to just do his own thing and he formed Big Time Productions, which is now an LLC that I get to, when I do... Uh, freelance work I get to work out of that and that'll be my I'll take over that production company um someday and that'll so be my west part company. of you yes that'll be my production <laughs> company. um but uh so yeah apparently they formed it together but my dad tells me again this I hope my parents and my boyfriend don't listen to this because they'll get so mad at me but my dad was always like yeah I you know I thought your mom at first would be like really excited about it and like helpful but then it turned out she like just didn't care <laughs> she had other things she had to think about. yeah I mean like I mean those clothes won't buy themselves you exactly know? so that was a lot of like what happened but um but yeah no I would I love my childhood I love the fact that I grew up in a suburb I like I hated at first I was through the biggest temper tantrum when I found out we were moving because I was such a New York City girl I was hailing cabs at age two like I loved like there was nothing I loved more than living in New York City 100% I was the same way right we moved out to California for a year and I was yeah. like this place is so gross yeah. and we overlooked the ocean yeah I was like, where's New York City? (laughs) And we lived in this beautiful colonial house at first with all this property. And I just was like, I was like, I want to live in my penthouse apartment. Where's the meatpacking district? Where's the homeless man taking a shit outside of the house? I need that. It's just, I think for some reason that just is in us and that's just how it is. And I think that's why we thrive in like dirty comedy clubs. It helps though. (laughs) It does. And well, probably what attracts us to comedy is coming from the East Coast or something about East Coast humor and like you need that out here in LA. When everyone's so you need a little big. edge. You need a little yeah. thick skin. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're a little sassier than yeah. a lot of the people we meet, and yeah. I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, me too. I 100% think my Jerseyness and your your Connecticutness definitely. Yeah. If you get a chance, check out Gabby's um, website, um, or you can just look up her videos. Look, no, my website's under construction, so oh. just, I mean, I would just look at my Instagram or Snapchat, probably yeah. Instagram, because I do, like, yeah, all my stuff. She on does there. a lot of Instagram story, but yeah. I feel like you're, you know what, I feel like you downplay your stand-up right now. I do, because I've been more into storytelling, but I think I want, my goal is to take my storytelling and then transition back into stand-up. Which helps. Which like, helps. your story's going, yeah. you've got to workshop the stories, you cut yeah. the fat, and then you turn them into jokes. Yeah, exactly. That's your thing. You're yeah. one of the best writers I know. Oh, And you. it's so funny because I was looking at videos of your stand-up today. What? Wait, wait, wait it's still online? I thought I deleted it all. No, they're still Shit. online. You can look up Gabby Conti and find <laughs> very funny videos. But all your Westport, Connecticut stuff is still relevant, it still is. hilarious. It is. I, it's like, um, oh yeah, I used to tell that joke where I was like, 
Um, I live in, I'm from Westport, Connecticut. And if you're unaware, it's like, you guys know New York City. Okay, so it's like you're in New York City and you just go north until you, like, stop seeing black people. <laughs> I love that she's whispering. Whispering, whispering doesn't work on podcasts. Do. That's what they do. That's they whisper. They I know. It's all wasp it away under the rug. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, it's terrible. I don't, but I also don't want to, like, that's probably not a great joke to tell now in this political environment. Um, I mean, all we need is jokes right now in this political yeah, environment. I right. feel like everyone needs a good fucking laugh. Yeah, we do. We all do. Yeah, so I'm very grateful for both of our upbringings for that. Yeah, me too. Um, I also am grateful that we were both in a viral video called Plank Space. We were, and then another viral video called 2016 Million Reasons that your best friend Lady Gaga retweeted. <laughs> You've just decided to be cooler than me and not call her your best friend. Well, I mean, like, she is kind of my best friend. But, like, you know what? I really want her to be your best friend. <laughs> I think that's more appropriate. That's so, like, Stepford wife So Stepford wife. You're like, She's I'll give you this one, Jacqueline. Time. Yes, you can have it. Yes, I love Lady Gaga. Gaga? Yeah. I, I feel like that would be what you would call her. Yeah, Lady Gaga. Oh, I'm so... I'm, you know what, I would love to go, I would love to go, but we can't attend because we are going to a Lady Gaga concert. Have you heard of her? She performs now with Tony Bennett. I know, I love Tony Bennett. <laughs> Tony Bennett's so great. You know who's even there? Lady Gaga. She's this new talent. You probably haven't heard of her. She's very obscure. Very obscure. Very, very obscure. <laughs> um, check her out. I love, I literally came home with the idea. I first tried to pitch it to our good friend Rachel O'Brien. <laughs> she didn't. Rachel's not very musical. And Rachel is a go-getter. You know, she's like the yeah. hardest working person yeah. you know, but she knows her brand and she knows herself. And when I was like, I really, I just wanted this parody of a hundred, like a million reasons by Lady Gaga. And she was like, yeah, no, that's not my thing. Yeah. And, so I, funny. and I came home that night and Gabby and I both had had a little Pinot Grigio. Well, I came from a date that I thought was, a, that was a terrible dating experience I came from a date and I was like and I was like drunk and I was like okay yeah and I thought I like really liked this guy and then he ended up being a psychopath a psychopath in case any of you couldn't hear that a psychopath um but yeah and um and we just wrote the song that night we literally sat down wrote it and somehow got a production company one my sketch group yeah uh, half day today half- um uh yeah which oh, we have to talk to them about this other thing I yeah think. we have another production Sorry. coming up it's fine uh and somehow right before christmas everyone knows that everyone's very busy before mm-hmm. christmas i was going to the east coast gabby was going far east she was doing a far east movement yeah i almost to, got like uh, fired from a lee daily show for like working yeah. on this thing they were so it's fine at me. It's fine. um we're and fine now. We somehow made it work, mm-hmm. and we filmed this parody, and we got the same guitar Lady Gaga used in the it was parody. So cool. You guys have to check it out. You should check it out. It's the same sets. Honestly, my brother and I were listening to it the other day, and he was like, "I like your version better than the real <laughs> version." We were listening to her version. Yeah. No offense, Lady Gaga, we love you, but he was like, "Your version's more fun." Yeah, and it I is. agree. Yeah, I think it's more. I always sing our lyrics with yeah, her lyrics. Yeah, I hear it. Yeah. It fits so well. It does. Wait, I like it. This is the portion. There's so much more I want to talk oh, to yeah, you about. I know. I'm sorry. And I, I feel I, this is like your longest podcast. No, no, <laughs> you're good. You're good. No. We on hour five. It's, we're longer. It's fine. <laughs> um, I feel like I have some lady because our goal is yes. to get well. Of course, Stephanie. Is Stephanie Germanata on, on this naturally. Um, naturally. Uh, 
But I would love to have you do like a, okay. you know, like very theatrical read oh, of lyrics. Okay, well, I, I know the song. You, oh my God, Gabby, you are the first guest I've had that actually knows the song. Do you want to just yeah, sing, I'll it? sing it? Or Let do me you... know if you should. I just stop. Okay. It's been a long time since I came around. It's been a long time, but I'm back in town. This time I'm not leaving without you. You taste like whiskey when you kiss me, oh I'll give anything again to be your baby doll This time I'm not leaving without you He said sit back down where you belong In the corner of my bar with your high heels on Sit back down in the couch where we made love the first time And you said to me, no good Something, something about this place Something about lonely nights and my lipstick on your face. Something, something about my cool Nebraska guy. Yeah, there's something about baby you and I. Oh, you and I. <laughs> you, you and I. Gabby, can you guess why I picked this song for you? Um, no, why? Because it reminds me of you and your, your boyfriend. My boyfriend? Oh, because he's from Nebraska. <laughs> he's, not. he's not from Nebraska. No, there is something about us. Yeah. Yeah. And how I feel like you both have known each other for a while. Oh. And how there was just something about you two. Well, okay, so we're such nerds and we have a playlist. Talk louder. Let the girls um, hear ya. So, oh god, I'm gonna get dumped after this, huh? Isn't it fun doing a podcast <laughs> when all people ask you are about the guy you're dating and you're like, do I have nothing else to talk about? So my boyfriend and I have a shared playlist on Spotify. I know. We throw, are throw up in your so mouth. So fucking cool. And they have a shared like photo, photo album. album and a shared note section. And uh... you guys can um, email what's your jersey at gmail.com <laughs> if you want any relationship advice or if you want to say anything to Gabby and I or just comment or review or do whatever. Well, anyway, so I just added the song to our playlist. And you and be, I? Yeah, he's gonna be like, what the fuck? Oh, we love that. Love that was a great rendition. Yeah, thank you. That was amazing. So much. You're the first, the the first guest that's actually sang the song. Well, because this is a karaoke pick of mine. <gasps> I did not know that, guys. Yeah. Wow. This is. Well, actually, Emily sings it too, but she does a better job. But Emily's a better <laughs> singer than me. Um, sh- Emily. Emily shout out to singer. Emily. Yeah. What's Emily's Instagram handle? Um, oh, you should... Okay, I always... Emily gets so sad because she never gets enough likes on her photos, and she's so beautiful. It's so Emily is the most classic Westport, Connecticut, like, Stepford wife looking. You guys have to follow Emily Parrish. Emily, P-A-R-R-I-S-H. She's so beautiful and so funny. And, I mean, like, look... Like, how classy are you, Emily? This is her... Wearing, she's like Sharon Stone. She's... Yeah. Before yeah. Sharon Stone yeah. was Sharon Stone. Yeah. Like, just, like, cool as fuck. Yeah. She's just, the, she's she's very cool. She's, she's very just cool. really cool. Mm-hmm. Just like you, Gabby. Just, like me. just the Carrie Bradshaw of comedy. Just the Carrie Bradshaw of I shouldn't comedy. call you that. I feel like you're just the Gabby Conti of comedy. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Yeah. Like, you don't need to be. I just have to get back into comedy. You just need to get back into comedy. <laughs> you don't need to label <laughs> That's yourself. That's all I have to do. You're not the Taylor. Where's Taylor, by the way? No one um, knows where wait, she is. Okay. She's at Model Fit. She's at Model Fit. So she's doing Model Fit, which is what you've been doing. Yeah, so I I think that should be your best friend. Like, I have Lady Gaga, a.k.a. Stephanie Germanotta. But you know what? Look, I was a Taylor Swift fan. I'm not anymore. Not anymore. I'm not. The Girl Squad? I'm like, what is this? The popular girls in high school? As someone who was not a popular girl in high school. I'm over it. Like, okay, cool. We get it. Like, all all my best. Also, she hasn't posted anything since she posted Telling People, which is, this is a great song, Lord's Green Light. 
Highly recommend. It's a good song. It's a great song. Lord did good. I heard she did pretty good at the Coachella. At the at the Coachella. At the Coachella. The Coachella. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. Um, I don't. I think I can be your best friend, and your yeah. boyfriend could be your best friend, and Emily Parrish could be your best friend. Yeah. And maybe Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. I'll you share her. her. You should get her on the podcast. I, I, do you think that? I should? Have you thought about should having, I, Have you thought about having Lady Gaga on this podcast? I don't. I've never thought of you it. You should probably have her on this. Should podcast. I have her on the podcast? I think you should hit her up. And she should be. Out. Should I be like, you should watch our video again? You should watch our video again. <laughs> Retweet it again. Retweet it again. Retweet it. Also, we have a podcast. You have a podcast. You have a podcast. <laughs> you, I'm saying we because like now you are like you know you're talking about yourself in the third person. I feel like in I this am. Situation. We have a podcast, Lady Gaga, and we would be honored for you to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for like doing the shout out for me. Oh yeah, of course. Like Gaga, come on. What do you do? Like you're not busy. No, like, she has nothing going on. You're like she's not filming on. a movie with Bradley Cooper, like, a Star Is oh, Born. Okay, we got it. We got like, it. Like, we, we like this. Not to mention Gaga. You're going. You're gonna go to Saddle Ranch. You're gonna go to. You're gonna go to Sunset Tower. You're gonna go to any place on Sunset Strip. Guess what's walking distance? Our apartment. But you know what? Don't walk. We'll send you an Uber. We'll send you an Uber. We'll send you the black car we Uber. Have like Twelve sofas. One of, we have so many sofas in here. If anyone can look at our social media, you can see all the sofas. All the sofas. We have so many sofas. We have so many seating options. We have you, so you much Pinot Grigio. Have your own sofa. You could have your own bottle of wine. You could have everything. You could have a bottle of Pinot Grigio with a straw in it. And that's all you need. That's all you need. Gaga. Lady Gaga, you need to be in the pod. Um, I'm so grateful to have you on the pod. This was such a really long trip for me to be here. (laughs) Thank you for traveling four feet. You're so welcome. This means a lot. I could tell this was a big commitment for you. Big. I mean, like, I really. Are you guys? Are you getting my Uber home? I am. I'm calling it right now. You're getting um, extra double star black car. Oh, no pools. No pools. No pools. No. That's that. That would be just awkward. It's it would be like I'm trying too hard to get you like in your room. A couple of dollars more to like not be in a pool. Yeah, it's like aggressive. It's very aggressive. No. Uh, can I plug you? What do you yes. want? What do you want um, people to find you at? Follow. Um, it's Gabby Conti on G. Oh no. Nope. Don't email nope. me. Uh, follow <laughs> it's Gabby Conti on Instagram and Twitter at GM Conti on Snapchat. Elite Daily Show on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Watch Elite Daily Show on Go90. Uh, check it out and also asking for a friend podcast on iTunes. Yes, we love all of those things, meatballs. Yes. And you've been so much fun. This is amazing. This is so much fun. I am definitely going to be single after this podcast. <laughs> no, you're not. I can't Please, no one's going to listen to this that's your boyfriend. Don't worry. I really don't think he's going to listen. No, he's not going to listen to it. And if he does, he would be flattered to know that you think all these amazing things about him. I hope so, but he's going to get mad that I said his name. We have to beep out his name. We have to beep out his name. We will will beep out the name anyway i just want to thank you guys for listening through this whole thing i hope you got some good advice and we will post some italiano recipes to make you more italiano jersey housewife-ish we didn't even get into the fact that you cook so much in our apartment that's okay i'll have you back on again yeah i'll give you a recipe we'll do a cooking podcast we'll do a cooking (laughs) maybe we'll do a live facebook feed a live facebook what recipes do you guys want we make a good meatball make a good bolognese bolognese. lasagna 
lasagna. lasagna. It's all it's all happening. I love you, Gabby Conti. I love you, John Glenn. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yay! Thank you, Meatballs. I love you. And thank you for listening to What's Your Jersey. I'm Jacqueline Marfuji, and I will catch you on the flip side. Bye. I'm you keeping that on so there. so good. Stop. Oh, you kept that on? No. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby.